Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by 3M, PPG, and Breakthrough Academy. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, the show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. What's going on, Mike? Not much, Brandon. How are you? Doing great, man. Episode five. Yeah. Excited to uh, get together again and have, have another great conversation. Thanks for oh. having me. Always, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. I am uh, excited slash uh, apprehensive, I'd say, of this episode because I know this one's getting real. This one's going to get real. Hopefully. Uh, and maybe not. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Well, let's, know? uh, I, I know one of the things you and I have collaborated, commiserated, discussed, um, empathized with each other on is the the real challenges and struggles of entrepreneurship. I know a lot of our listeners can empathize with that. Uh, it's not as glorious as they make it look like in the movies. I think let's get, let's dive in, man. Yeah. You know, and, um, I'd love to start by kind of putting the foundation to this conversation and how it came about. Um, we've been talking about shooting the series for quite a while now, uh, three, four, months that we've been talking about it and uh, I know when you followed up with me and asked if we were ready to get started um, it was probably beginning of March and um, as many painters know uh, there tends to be some cyclical nature to the painting industry uh, especially when your bread and butter is exterior painting and uh, when you re- first reach out to me I was struggling with the idea of getting on a podcast and talking about anything of value to help anyone because I felt like I needed all the help myself at the beginning of March. Um, And I I think I replied back of, you know, if you really want to do this, the only thing I can talk about is what not to do Uh, (laughs) and maybe warn some people about what they're getting into because it's hard. And uh, we're now sitting here on May 3rd when we're shooting this May 4th, and we're back into our exterior painting season. And my goodness, it feels like all the worries and cares that I had before are gone. Life is good, and houses are painting, and paint is flying. So it feels a little different now than coming out of a cold winter. Interesting. uh, Well, I appreciate you being willing to to start the series, even though you were having you know, some personal doubts and struggles and, and insecurities with the business. And it's also, I appreciate you sharing that because your your company is a whole lot bigger than the most of the companies that are owned by our listeners. You have a very big painting company. So the fact that you are willing to be open about your insecurities and wonder whether you're even really succeeding or have the answers, I think can be at least comforting to a lot of people. Um, I can say that anyone who's struggling, they're not alone. And, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time with wise people with uh, a lot more experience than myself. And I hear this consistently. Do you know what happens when you grow an unprofitable business? You become more unprofitable. Your problems get bigger. And it's not hard to miss your mark by a couple percentage points in this business. And a couple percentage points can make a huge difference. Um, and the bigger the numbers, the more risk there are when you miss something by a small amount 
Yeah. Mistakes get magnified. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess let, let's go down, uh, you know, maybe some of the, what would be considered maybe more than the negative or the challenging um, aspects of the headspace of, of running a painting company, really a painting company, a company in general, uh, and then ways that you have found to, to still win, you know, to keep your sanity, to come out the other side, stronger, better for it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so share a first story, uh, end of our first year, uh, I remember uh, I sat down with my now wife's grandfather. He's an accountant. I uh, had been a CPA for many years, owned his own firm, worked with thousands of businesses. And uh, I was having him get to work on our taxes after our first year of business. And he said, um, Michael, here's what you need to do. You need to shut your business down. You need to file for bankruptcy and you need to walk away from this and you need to do it now. That's great. That was uh, our very first January uh, as a business. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, we missed our profitability mark by 2%. 2% of $2 million is 50000 or something, $40,000. Uh, and... Um, that was the first time I realized how important 2% was for anything. And um, I went to, uh, we had a team meeting the next day and I brought everyone that was in the company together. And uh, there was something like 14 or 15 of us on that day. And uh, I shared with them the advice I had been given. I opened up our profit and loss statement. I showed everyone the numbers and I said, hey, this is what we lost. I have no more money. I've spent everything in my savings account. Uh, I've borrowed all the money I can borrow right now. And uh, you guys need to know that some smart people are telling us that we should hang up the, you know, hang it up here and, and walk away. But you're, you guys are as much a part of this as I am. What do you want to do? Do you want to walk away and get a secure, normal job? Or do you want to try to fight through this and be 2% better? And that year, I ran the numbers, and if we had a 2% higher profitability, 2% higher gross margin, a 2% higher closing ratio, and a 2% higher conversion ratio from each department, we would have made something like $300,000, or $400,000, it was somewhere in that range. And that was for every single person just performing 2% better. And I showed them those numbers and I asked, can, you, can everyone commit today to doing 2% better in each one of their jobs? And if so, I'm willing to figure out how we make the next steps. And then uh, I kind of did the Zappos, Tony Shea thing and said, if anyone wants to walk away, I'll pay you a month's salary today with the money I don't have. And uh, three people left the company that day. I'm Prith Fever County, and we've got recruiting best practices, pain and training resources, and a bear pro sweepstakes coming your way in this PCA minute. It's recruiting season. If you're wondering where all the good candidates are, we got you covered. There's an entire section on PCA Overdrive dedicated to hiring, recruiting, and retention. Curated from your favorite podcasts, expo sessions, and virtual events, you'll learn to hire and keep rock stars in your company. Just look for the hiring, recruiting, and retention lane on PCA Overdrive. Get your crew field ready faster with PCA's painter training. PCA Overdrive provides free access to painter training videos in English and Spanish. Our training portal offers a more in-depth learning experience through a guided pathway. Each module has an assessment and certificates are awarded at the completion of each level. To learn more, go to pcapaintedorg slash training. Finally, enter for a chance to win the Bear Pro Painter Sweepstakes. Price includes $5,000 worth of Bear, Kills, Graco, and 3M products. Visit pca.so slash Bear Pro Sweepstakes to enter now. So, movie, man. 
<laughs> that was our basically our first kickoff uh, January meeting after a full year. Um, I don't think people talk about that. They don't talk about those moments where your business is hanging on by a thread and you don't know what to do. Um, I was in a, a group the other day and I saw somebody chat and say uh, that they had taken out a significant amount of loans to get through a season. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll share the loans that I had to take out. And it was our first year of business. And maybe this isn't something someone should say, but uh, one thing I learned is people don't give you money when you need it. People give you money when you have money. Not when you're broke or you're upside down. Uh, but there are certain people who will. And they are hard money loans that have very fast repayment terms. And they have uh, incredibly high interest rates. In our first year, we financed the first several months of our business going into our second year with a high interest loan, 27% interest with weekly installment payments over one year. Wow. And uh, I would do it again. 27% makes credit card debt look cheap. <laughs> Very rarely do you find a loan to make a credit card look cheap. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, my advice to somebody who... Uh, may have cash flow issues or may have experienced something similar, get an American Express card. Uh, probably the best advice somebody could have given me and they didn't give it to me until year three. Uh, it is absolutely incredible for a business and something that anyone who's running a small, small painting company or a mid-sized painting company or a multi-million dollar painting company, if you don't have an American Express card, Get one. What makes what makes an Amex so good? Um, they oftentimes don't have spending limits, mm. so they can scale with your business. They can cover your workloads, and if you need financing and lending, they're an incredible organization to help you with it. It's good to know. Uh, oftentimes, their line of credit will far exceed or outperform a bank's line of credit. So that was uh, our first winter. Um, it sounds stressful, Mike. Uh, it was a tough <laughs> couple months. Yeah. Um, and it's a stress like very few people know. I... Uh, I was talking to a gentleman recently, and uh, he asked me, are you, a, are you a founder or are you a CEO? I said, well, I'm a, I'm a founder. I, I started the business. He said, do you have partners or did you do it on your own? I said, 100% on my own. And he said, well, a lot of business owners, they don't understand the experience that you have, especially a lot of CEOs or people who bought into a company. Because they oftentimes didn't use their own credit. They didn't use their own money. They didn't look at people and say, okay, I'm putting everything I have on the line here. House, car, credit, future. I'm gambling it all right now on this working. And oftentimes CEOs aren't playing with their own skin in the game. And they don't uh, quite feel the same stress when everything was yours from the start. And um, it's, a, it's a little bit different. So. Man. Yeah, that's a lot of bit different. I don't think that's a little, little bit different. It's a heck of a story. That was year one. Um, and we've had good years and we've had tight years and that year was tight. Uh, year two was great. You learn from your lessons. And then our third year of business uh, was 2020. Mm. So uh, for somebody who's been running a painting company over the last three years, God bless you. Uh, I hope this is not normal. Or is normal just not normal? 
Uh, you know, I carry a, a pretty heavy weight for the people on our team. And the more people you employ, the more lives that you touch, the more individuals who are, are counting on you and relying on you. So the pressure goes up. And uh, I was really active in early 2020 with kind of the pre-shutdown pandemic is starting. I would be lying if I were to say I um, spent my birthday on January 5th watching videos in China of people falling over from COVID on Twitter. Um, I remember going to the Home and Garden Show in Denver. It happened uh, over February, early February. And I'm showing people videos of this COVID thing in China. I said, I don't know what's happening, guys, but it's kind of weird here. <laughs> uh, looked like people were just dying at that point. And uh, I would say March 17th was one of the hardest days I've had in business. At that point, we had 22 full-time employees, something right around there. And uh, when Colorado passed the shelter-in-place law, it was like this immediate instant tear of what does this mean for the people on our team? Uh, you, we just started painting houses. We started in March. You come off a winter and it takes every dollar that you have to get our company through payroll over the winter time. And as we were approaching this shutdown and you're hearing people discuss what are they going to do? with the economy? Are we shutting down? Are we staying open? Are they, what's happening? All I can look at is the cash in the bank account and say, we don't have a runway. We got two weeks runway if our painting stops entirely. We have three weeks runway at most the second they turn us down and say, you can't work. And, um, you're going through and you're thinking about every person on that team and how are they going to pay their bills if we have to shut down even temporarily? How do they pay rent? How do they have insurance, health insurance, to take care of their family if they were to get sick if that happens right now? Um, and for a brief moment, we furloughed something like 70 or 80% of the company on March 17th, the day that they announced uh, shelter in place, which uh, was one of the harder days that I've had. But we just didn't have another way to say like we could we could keep this going, knowing that we weren't going to be able to paint. Yeah. Um, how I personally handled that said, okay, uh, well. I'm going to keep doing estimates. I'm not going to ask anyone else to keep doing this unless you feel safe and you're comfortable and you want to do it. Out of my five salespeople, do any of you volunteer to do this with me? And I had uh, one person say, I'm in. I'll do like it with you. Games or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't know what it was. Yeah. You know, uh, is this life-threatening? Is this dangerous? Are people dying? It was too early to tell. And um, he raised his hand. He said, I'll do it with you. And uh, I did something like 30 to 40 estimates a week, um, seven days a week for about two and a half months straight. It's a lot of estimates. Um, I was doing the estimates for three people. And the goal was to book a pipeline of work big enough to bring everyone on the company back. And uh, within uh, less than 70 days, I had the entire team back and we were running a full schedule. Um, people don't talk about working 70 days in a row or something you just don't hear that you, you're why would i have to go and do bids every single day um well sometimes 
you have to carry across. You have to do something to take care of the people who have trusted their lives with you. And that was one of the wilder, more difficult periods that hopefully we ever have to go through as business owners. Yeah. Were you running painting marketing pros at that time? Yeah, for us, it's a bit different. Uh, I mean, we're we're kind of dealing with the ramifications on the other side of it, you know, with you guys not knowing what's going on, then obviously that comes back to us. Why are we spending money on marketing? Right. So that's its own challenge. Um, that wasn't a fun time, man. You know, it ended up actually, we fought, we saw a kind of turnaround after some time and the, the demand ended up far exceeding the supply for a lot of our, our partners and those who were able to keep going and keep their marketing and keep, um, investing into their business, which not everyone, of course, was able to do that. But those that did, we saw them gain a ton of market share. And then we also saw kind of the flip side of that, right? Some people shut down and, and ultimately their team disappear and their company ultimately disappear. But like you said, it was one of those things you don't, no one knew what was going on. No one knew what the future is. And I think that was the, that was the scariest thing is kind of the unknown and the government saying, hey, stay in your house. I mean, that's, it's like, it's like martial law, man. It's this is like something you see in a movie, but it doesn't happen. Except, oh wait, now it's actually happening. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and they don't offer business owners unemployment. No, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the. There are a lot of benefits, and that's one of them. A lot of benefits uh, of business ownership. You know, uh, and this was a moment of fear for us during that period. Uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, looking back on this, it probably wasn't the smartest thing to do, but I cleared every asset for my name in case I had to file bankruptcy. Mm. I didn't want anything associated to me. And you're thinking, how do I protect everything that I've got up to this point? And what all are we going to lose if this doesn't turn around? Right. Has it changed how you, I guess, how you handle stuff like that or how you think about things moving forward, having had such a, a harrowing experience? You know, no. No. Uh, other than um, you can get through it. Mm. And I say it all the time when something comes up or issues arise, there's always an answer. There's always a solution. There's always an alternative and having that growth mindset walking into any problem is so powerful. Um, one of my favorite books, not one that's been mentioned up to this point, I believe is Carol Dweck growth mindset, not a hundred percent applicable to this, but in another way it is, is that things aren't fixed an outcome isn't set in stone who you are as a person isn't always who you will be. And if you look for the improvement, if you look for the opportunity, you'll find it. And there is an opportunity and there is an improvement in almost every situation. So practice that, that actively. Uh, I read it about once a year, twice a year. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing. I, I don't think I've actually read that book, but it's something I started doing like four years ago or something when I realized how much being a business owner sucks. And I was like, this, this sucks. You know, <laughs> things are always going wrong. And I, I had to figure out how to mentally shift, you know, make a huge mental shift or I needed to exit entrepreneurship, right? One or the other, because it's too, it's too much stress. There's too, too many things that are going wrong, too many things depending on you all the time. And I figured out that if you look at things, it's that 
people turn lemons to lemonade, that cliche statement. But when you have a hardship or a problem or really anything that comes your way, I have I have not yet experienced, since I made that mental shift, I've not yet experienced a situation that happened that was bad, that I didn't end up being thankful that it happened because I look for how to make it a win. And then I come out, it sometimes it takes a bit, it takes a bit. Sometimes I'm like, there's no way to turn this into a win. But if you keep looking hard enough, long enough, and you focus on that, almost always, I say almost always, I've always found a win, but almost always have I been, man, I don't know what I would have done had that not happened. That's yeah. the insane. It goes from being like, oh, woe is me. Like this happened and that happened. I can't even believe I'm still in business. To now I'm like, thank God. Like, thank God. I don't know what I would have done had that not happened. You know, and all these things that were not on the face of it, really very good things. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's um finding that, uh, it, you know, I think of Job from the Bible who just yeah. had all the things happen and he was grateful exactly. and he was thankful uh, for every story, for every experience that he had. And you look back on it and you say, thank you for the opportunity that I had to grow. And um, 2020 was the first year that I really was able to lean on our uh, experience of the people around me and some of the, the mentors that I had. And I saw how they navigated it as a business. Um, I can say that personally, the business group I'm a part of, TAB, TAB International, the alternative board, was my rock during that period because I was able to talk to the six business owners who are in the exact same seat that I was, who are watching their contracts cancel tomorrow, watching their pipeline go from a million dollars to zero dollars in like yeah. a week. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for how it strengthened me and uh, what it turned me into, uh, which is slightly more fearless. But I think the stress that we feel isn't even related to fear. Maybe, maybe it's uh, disappointment. It's sorrow it's sad when you're concerned that you've let people down and trusted in you um and i think that that's a feeling that you have when you wonder if like is this gonna work do i want to continue to do this um and i talked maybe we've talked about this but uh this year i started tracking personal hours that i put into my business I have a spreadsheet and every week I record how many hours I've worked and uh, using my calendar religiously so that I know. And you're like, okay, 50 hours, not bad. 55 hours, not too bad. 65 hours, well, okay, that's starting to feel a lot. 75 hours, you're like, man, well, that's actually <laughs> a little more than I <laughs> That's a little more than I expected. You, you hit like 82, 83, and you're like, man, this is a lot of time. Uh, and you hear people mention I work 12 hour days every day and um, maybe they do but I encourage people to put it down and actually look at it and you start to realize this is a lot um, and it's I know it's something that you and I have talked about yeah uh, you know one of the things that they don't talk about is how owning a business it permeates into your mind and the shutoff becomes very, very, very difficult. Um, and that's something that business owners or future business owners, I don't think, recognize how challenging that can be um, and how challenging it can be for a significant other. So when you have a relationship or partnership, a marriage, uh, and one person is constantly focused on a single thing, that creates tension. It creates stress. Um, and it's not something that anyone told me that would happen if we started a business. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Have you experienced that in your own personal life? Talking about work and your wife 
is begging you to talk about anything else? No, no, my life and my and my uh, relationship are perfect. Hey there, I bet business is probably picking up for you right now and things are feeling good. And using the right tools like Estimate Rocket can help keep it that way. Estimate Rocket offers professional estimates and proposals with digital signature, single source work orders for the entire team, lead to paid job management, full scheduling tools with mapping and time tracking, automated email campaigns, invoicing that exports to any accounting system, and deep data analysis reports. Go to EstimateRocket.com for a free 30-day trial to see if Estimate Rocket is a fit for you. All right, next question for you, Michael. <laughs> uh, yes, sounds exactly like us. Yes, if she were here, she very emphatically agreeing uh, and actually empathizing with your wife uh, because it has been a big pain point for my wife uh, over the last several years. You need a very specific partner. And um, not all partners can do or, or handle what happens when you become sun up to sun down, hard to talk about something else. And it happens every day. I am uh, seen a lot of concerts and I enjoy live music and I go see concerts. What I have found myself over the last three or four years consistently doing and in a way this breaks my heart and another way I, I'm proud of it. It feels like every time I go to a concert, I get inspired. I feel a ton of creativity. And I start thinking about creative solutions to solving problems. And I end up with my to-do list on my phone, writing an outline of all of the things I need to accomplish while working. And my friends consistently are, what are you doing, man? Get off your phone. So I can't. It's gold. <laughs> Yeah, I've been thinking about how to handle this for weeks, and it just came to me. I got to put it on paper. That's funny. Um, Wheels are always turning, and that's that curse of it's stuck with you. It's it's embedded itself in your brain. Um, yeah. Went to a concert with a, a teammate, and my phone died while we were there, and I didn't have a, a pin in my pocket. And the last thing I did was I went to the bar and I asked them if I could borrow their pen so I could write a little message down on my hand. <laughs> I go, okay, that's the last one, I promise. Um, and uh, as we were walking out, we were joking and I go, hey, you're going to love this. It says, what do you do? And that was the last note. And he goes, I have no idea what that means, but whatever you're going to download from that, I'm sure it's gold. Um, so that's a curse that I, I don't think people talk about before they go into this is that the commitment that it's going to take both mentally and um, with a direct output of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty all consuming in a lot of ways. Can be. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think it's kind of up to us the business owner to try to somehow put a fence on that, you know, somehow limitate because it, the business ownership is going to take, it's going to take whatever you feed it. I don't think it, I don't think it's ever going to run out of hunger. You know, that's one of the things I figured out no matter how much mm -hmm. I feed it, no matter how much I work, no matter, no matter how many different things I do, it's never going to be satiated. So there have to be, you have to forcefully, input some sort of boundaries, limitations, balance, whatever it is, while acknowledging that you are probably going to work more than most people, at least for some period of time. And it is going to be more stressful for you probably than for the average you know, W-2 employee uh, for some period of time. And for me and for, I think a lot of business owners, it's sort of a delayed gratification. You know, you're gonna do your time, you're gonna build something substantial, but you can't lose yourself or your family, you know, some people lose their families um, because they just become all consumed with it and they lose focus. You can't lose that in the process because otherwise, what was the point of the whole thing in the first place? It didn't make your life better. It made it a whole lot worse. Yeah, and you, I, I hear that all the time. Um, doing interviews, 
Uh, right now we're in a hiring period and we're hiring about a dozen employees. So every day I'm doing, you know, two to six interviews and you hear story after story of people who used to own their own business and how they, they ran it with their husband and wife and the divorce happened and now they're shut the business down and we're doing this. And I just, I hear it all the time. Yeah. Of, and I personally am not the best fence builder. Yeah. So a work in progress for me as well. I'm, I'm not the fence builder, but I'm trying to get better at it. One of the things I'm doing a lot too is, is uh, meditation now. So I have a, a coach, um, a bit of a life business coach, and he's, he's working through some meditation and things like that. And I find that helps tremendously because you're right. It, it doesn't turn off, right? It's in your mind. You're always thinking you're, you're responsible. You're the visionary. You're the growth. You're the quality control for at least some period of time, probably quite a while in your company. You're doing a whole lot of roles. And if you're not focused, then some ball somewhere is going to get dropped. While you also have to be the visionary and actually leading from the front. So it's a lot to balance. Uh, and that's where you almost have to be a Jedi of mind control. You know, you have to have like a, a, a much higher control of your mind than the average person does of their mind. You also don't have the time and, and sort of the luxury, if you will, of uh, Netflix or this or that, or however they're going to kind of waste their time. You can't really do a whole lot of that because if you're not spending quality time with your family or health or whatever it is, you, you maybe would be better spent working on your business than watching Netflix every night. At least that's, that's what I have found. You know, um, and I enjoy working on the business more. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy Which it weird. Um, we like the, uh, what it, we're, we're masochists. We, we like, <laughs> uh, um, you know, I don't know if it's the pain that I like, but it's the, the problem solving. Yeah. The uh, opportunity to look at a, you know, a challenge and, and seek out an answer, knowing that there's a solution and trying to find it. And when some of these things are intangibles, it's not like, hey, uh, true story from today, our painters got paint on artificial grass in somebody's yard. Uh, and they oversprayed the fence onto the turf. Well, there's a set of problem solving that happens there. Where you're like, okay, how are we going to get this paint stain off of the grass? You know, that's a fairly easy problem solving. Well, let's try option A, option B, option C, and let's see what happens until we get to the end. There's another set of problems, which is a little bit more difficult. How do you get a top performer who's fallen off, who isn't hitting their numbers and has lost their motivation back into a top performer mindset? That problem to me seems much more challenging. When you say uh, leads are down, we projected to generate 100 leads this month, but we've only generated 70. What do we do about it? That problem is, um, it's not quite as easy as trying, let's try mineral spirits, let's try denatured alcohol, let's try warm soap and water. This is problem solving that takes time, and next thing you blink and your season's over. When you're trying to solve a, a bigger problem within the business. Um, when we talk about traction, IDS, Identify, Discuss, Solve Problems. One of the challenges that people have self-implementing traction is they have a, a hard time identifying what a good issue is. Uh, and oftentimes people will bring a challenge or an issue to the table like May Pipeline, Not Enough Jobs. Okay, what's the real issue there? Is it closing ratio? Is it we're not doing enough estimates? Is the average job size too low? Is, do we have too much capacity? Do we have too many project managers? Do we have too many crews per project manager? And trying to really identify what that real issue is becomes really, really difficult. Yeah. So...
Um, goes back to some of that data that uh, the Know Your Numbers episode we recorded. You mm -hmm. know, knowing what all your numbers should be, knowing what they actually are, allows you to dive back and and actually figure out what the real under under uh, I guess the real root of the problem, the underlying cause of the problem is. Yeah. You know, uh, and another challenge that I think entrepreneurs don't experience uh, or they don't know that they're going to experience. Um, now, this might feel a little bit different if you're a solopreneur. You just work by yourself. You don't have employees. But if you do have employees, one of the hardest things that I've had to learn how to deal with was experiencing stress and concern but not showing stress or concern and having to show optimism and excitement. Meanwhile, you have cash flow issues, you have client issues, you have bandwidth issues. But what you have to wear, what people have to see as a leader is the excitement, is the encouragement, is the confidence. And I've personally struggled with that. It's uh, something I think emotionally is very difficult for somebody to feel something and show something to other. Mm -hmm. It's like you have to act. It is acting. Um, and that's, that's tough. And yeah. that was advice I was given uh, years ago that somebody said when I'm running my own business, you're going to have to not wear your emotions on your sleeve the way you do currently, because however you feel is how everyone else will feel. I did not know how hard that was going to be and, and how difficult that component was going to be when you're actually the CEO or the whatever position you call it when you're at the head of an organization and you're trying to steer the ship. Does your business need more reviews? Nice job can help. Our reputation marketing platform automates review invites to save you time. Reviews are collected and distributed across major platforms such as Google, Facebook, and more. Turn your reviews into customer stories with photos that you can share across your social channels. Nice job allows you to manage all of this within our platform. Start your free trial today. Do you have any advice for people who are listening who who maybe are struggling with that or could foresee themselves struggling with that, how to work on it? Self-awareness. Um, and acknowledging how you feel. Um, Self-awareness, I think, is something uh, that a lot of us don't acknowledge and we don't uh, acknowledge our own experiences and our own feelings having uh how do i say it i have found that it, it helped when i was able to be this honest about the feelings and have somewhat of a plan in place it's very, very difficult when you're feeling the stress and you're trying to show excitement and you don't have a plan in place. Um, and I remember, you know, 2021, one year after 2020, we had a paint shortage. I will, uh, our primary product uh, is Emerald. 70% of the houses that we paint, we paint in Emerald. I'm sure on Williams. Uh, we tend to align ourselves with using the best products. I uh, personally believe it's the right thing to do for the environment. If a paint job lasts longer, that means we're, the life cycle is increased. And uh, I will never forget when I got the phone call that said, there's no more Emerald in all of Colorado. <laughs> excuse me uh you guys said we were going to be okay 
for the last six weeks of the season. So, well, we don't have any product here statewide. And uh, that phone call, I remember very clearly where I was standing when I took the call and I realized, wow, we're not going to be able to do our job next week. Cash flow is going to stop. Um, we had a team meeting following, you know, like the next day. It was uh, an absolutely terrible experience to uh, stand there and tell people, I don't know, and I have no solutions right now to what we're facing for next week. Uh, bear with me as we try to figure something out for our painters, for our employees, for our clients, who we're all expecting, you know, to be painted uh, the following week. Um, and I think at that moment, without having a plan, how difficult it was, versus times where you, you step up and you say, okay, uh, this is down, but, you know, we're going to start a sale starting, you know, next week, and our Memorial Day sale is going live, and this is how we're going to feel fill the end of the May pipeline with our Memorial Day sale. And when you have a plan, it's way easier to help uh, balance those feelings of both leadership yet stress. And uh, it doesn't help with trying to manage the time because you realize you have to put a lot of energy into figuring out a plan you have to spend a lot of time analyzing data to come up with a solution to try. Um, so I would encourage somebody who is experiencing that to work on finding some solution and it allows them to have a little bit of hope and excitement even when they're concerned about cash flow or bandwidth or personnel issues. Yeah, man, that, that is... Uh... This is getting deep. I knew it was going to get deep. I like it. I think that the plan is good. What I also really like, um, the plan gives you hope, you know, gives you some security. So you're not just freaking out, thinking that you're totally lying to everyone and that everyone, it's like the, uh, I like the show The Office, you know, Michael yeah. Scott. And he, it, there's this scene where they thought they were going to get downsized. I think it was like episode or season one. And he's like, the best thing, the only thing I can do as a leader right now is put on a brave face for everyone. He walks out and he's like, attention, we are screwed. It's over. We're done. <laughs> but, you know, that, that thing is largely outside of his control in that instance. As a business owner, you do tend to have more control. So I like the plan, but I also like acknowledging your feelings. And I think that goes for business. I think it goes for, for everything. I think, you know, when you sit and you actually take time to yourself, not a, you don't have to tell other people necessarily if you want to, okay, but sit and just acknowledge, hey, I'm scared. I am not feeling confident in my business. I don't know that I can recover. I don't know that I have the capability to get another product now. We've been relying on this and I don't know how I can do it. I'm not sure I'm capable as a business owner to do it. I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Everyone's going to find out I'm a failure and I'm going to let my whole team down and they're all going to lose their jobs. So I'm afraid. And just open it, acknowledge it, sit with it, right? I'm angry. Yeah. I'm angry. I've worked so hard. And now this happened. It's outside of my control. I've worked so hard and I'm angry because now I feel like it's being taken from me and it doesn't feel fair. Sit with it. As soon as you let that out and you sit with it, then you can move into a plan. Then you can go out and you can do the opposite of what Michael Scott did and not present it and say, we're all screwed. <laughs> uh... It sure does feel like that's what you want to do at moments. Right? Yeah. You Whatever you immediately want to do, you probably are going to wait and then do the opposite of that thing. Yeah. Take take some time. Um, yeah. You know, and it was early March this year when somebody on my team, he was on the leadership team, said, I think you need to take a vacation. <laughs> um, that's when you know you're you're just looking dynamite, man. You know, uh, man, that response from me, uh, I felt 
you know, I still carry some guilt around it, but I snapped back so fast with, ah, that's cute. Um, I would like to take a vacation too. Uh, but I also want to make sure that you have a paycheck next week. Um, so no, uh, I appreciate your concern. Um, that being said, uh, I do have a, you know, uh, we're taking our baby moon next week. So my wife and I are expecting the first point and, um, you know, this is a story I, I, I share as well. Uh, we got married in our second year of business and, uh, rather than gifts, we asked for contribute to our honeymoon fund. And, uh, Yeah, we never took a honeymoon. Um, Turns out taking five days off uh, when you're in a scaling business seems like an impossible thing. And, uh, you know, you you remember these, like, moments, and I've shared a few of them where you just remember them. And I remember making this phone call, and I remember where I was sitting, and I said, "Uh, hey, baby, um, do you have a second? Uh, Hey, I just want to let you know... um, I've had to use all the money from our honeymoon fund for payroll next week. Um, so if you check the account and it's empty, uh, it was me. And I'm sorry, uh, I'll pay you back. That's a, that's a nice conversation. <laughs> uh, and those things happen, I think. Uh, and, and what I found from spending time with business owners and, and spending time with half a dozen every month, uh, being in a group of, 15 CEOs. This isn't a unique experience to our business. And it happens with startups. It happens with young companies. It happens with old companies. Businesses fail. Banks fail. And and it's a part of this that um, when you're an employee, you think that every person above you has an easier job. And you think that these things are secure, but in reality, they fail. And what I found from spending time with these business owners, all of the experiences that we have are the same. The problems that I experience are the same problems that engineers experience or accountants or people who run marketing firms. They have cash flow issues. They have accounts receivable issues. They have in personnel and HR issues. They have marketing issues. We share in the same experiences regardless of the industry that we're in. So I can only imagine that other painters can experience some of these uh, same challenges. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting, especially interesting for me working in a a B2B company, you know, because I get an inside look at so many different companies and I see the similarities you know, and my, I have several different experiences in my background and business is business, you know, and ultimately it comes down to people. And that's where a lot of the, the greatness is. It's also where a lot of the challenges are people, whether it's people on your team, whether it's the, you know, if you run a service business, the people that you're serving, interacting with the customers, um, people are people and they make business great. They make business very challenging as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, the blessing and the curse. I think, and that's actually the entire, um, that's the entire series that Jason Phillips and I just did. People make dream businesses, kind of the, what, you know, ultimately being successful in business is about being successful with people. Yeah. It's, um, you celebrate the wins together and you experience, hmm, you experience some of the failures together. Um, but you, Michael. You get to experience all of the failures. It's a special uh, just for you. That is a little bit different as the owner of the company is the entrepreneur. Um, and it's something that people don't necessarily, every every issue or challenge that a business has gets escalated to the top. And oftentimes one person or, or a few people carry those challenges and we protect our team from them. And we're there to make sure that they feel safe and secure so that they can perform at a high level. So you burden, you, you, you carry the burden mm. with some of those failures and it's, uh, 
when they say, you know, that's my cross to carry, it's a real thing. And the failures fall on one. And then um, oftentimes, uh, potentially good leaders hand off the successes to other people. Yeah. So we we're talking. We talked about a lot of a lot of stuff here. You know, a lot of emotional stuff. The the burdens. The the um. You know what goes with the territory here. Um, I know you mentioned the book Growth Mindset, but I'm wondering for any of these things that listeners are listening to, and either they are experiencing or have experienced, or maybe they're a smaller company, but they're like, oh boy, you know, probably gonna look forward to having some of these great experiences one day. What other resources? Uh, could you recommend for them to kind of prepare themselves or try to work through some of the stuff or maybe self-develop a little bit into the leader that they need to be uh, to take on all of this? Yeah, great question. Um, find a good peer group. Mm. Find a group of people who can experience and share in, in, in what you're experiencing. Um when you don't have a release valve and you don't have someone that you can talk to about this, it can be very, 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 very uh, hard to carry. And uh, knowing that you're not alone is so powerful. Um, and for me, hearing one of the most successful people I've ever known talk about three companies that he's run that have gone bankrupt was uh, one of the greatest pieces of peace for me that I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, I'm not. This isn't just me. Uh, yeah. This is an experience that other people have. Find that peer group and find somebody who you trust who will be there with you. Ideally, well, if they're on your team, phenomenal. Uh, just be cautious about putting too much, you know, pressure or, or stress on somebody who doesn't deserve it from your own team. Yeah. Michael, do you want to ha add anything else before we wrap up, not just this episode, but your entire series? Uh, don't give up. And, you know, it's with stocks. You only lose money on stocks if you sell when it's down. Just because things are down doesn't mean that they won't be up again. Uh, and I would encourage anyone, uh, fight through the challenges and know that there's always a solution. There's an answer on that backside. And Brandon, I appreciate all the time that you've given me. And I uh, just want to say sincerely, thank you for uh, spending the time together and getting to know uh, my story. And uh, I've really enjoyed the opportunity to talk to you. Michael, I've really enjoyed it too. This was an amazing Series, really appreciate your time, man. I know I'm uh, I'm pushing hard for you to come speak at PCA Expo. So I think we're going to bring you live to the masses because uh, you're, you're a Thank rock you. star. Yeah, I enjoy being friends with you and I'd like you to speak at Expo. So I'm going to continue to push for that. But thank you for conducting this series. Awesome. It's, it's been uh, it's been eye opening and your your humble presentation of it makes it makes it really, really great. Given the series is called the tools to 10 million and you're one of the the biggest companies we've actually had on the show. Well, Brandon, thank you. I appreciate you know the time. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Mike. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. Until next time, keep growing.
Painet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org. 